This is CliffCentral.com. Dumelamba Hesu. Ena kena go ya sipping tea. Onwati, lengwaneno aoke mo ratanga holo bareke tumi mo raki. Mona na reabua, reabuan tuzuri. Haho mona na oresa onyeking. Haho matrasi oresa opetroling. Haho stupu seresa se polishing. Ai kani ndi tabatale na neo di tulala na maikutwa hao. Kani nte geta ba ore onyolo se kocho. Oye kama nega di puding. O dula o relatezi letalo hashe. Ulukise muna hano. Mo reabuwa. Reabuwa puopa. Tumi. Haba ashwe. Haba ashwe. Ganiti ntate. Tatinglena. Ganiti kipasadisa hanke. Kira salang hanke. Luna vana basiping ti. Salang hanke. Kele gati la impache. Na kui seifi hile. Translated. Yes. I'm telling them. They must just die. Because I'm going. I'm leaving this sipping tea. I'm telling them. It's been good. It's been fun. It's been good fun. But I must to can go. Good morning, everybody. Hello. It's me, Timmy Mironki. And this is the final edition of Sipping Tea. Um, very, very sad to be leaving. Um, but uh, alas, the time has come. You know, as the Botswana people say, Disakopane Kiritaba. Which means the ones that don't meet are the mountains. <laughs> so it means uh, we will meet again. Surely. Uh, surely, but yeah, whatever. Yes, we'll be. I'll be back. Anyway. Okay. So what are we talking about today uh, besides our breakup? Yeesh, uh, I don't know. I have absolutely no cooking idea. But I'll tell you this. I did do just the slightest little bit of homework. I'm very tired. First of all, let's just get that out of the way, right? I'm exhausted. I've had, I've done like 20 hours of driving in three days because I drove to Tabanchu on Friday night. I, I drove to Tabanchu. Uh, those of you who don't know where Tabanchu is, it's like a little pupil, uh, South Africa's little pupil between Lesotho and Bloemfontein. And we went there to go uh, for my cousin's Lobola negotiations, which are very, very successful. My cousin is officially a wife, dude. And it was awesome. But it's like a five-hour drive. And then you get there and then you have to be there at, up, like, right? You have to be rude. You have to be rude. You have to wake up right at the crack of dawn. Like there's dawn and you're right up in its crack and we're up super early cooking for these people with the uncles who are planning their whole strategy. It was so much fun, guys. Like I felt so African. Oh my God. Um, because the last time I was at a Lobola negotiation, it was my own Lobola thing and I, I barely remember it. All I remember is being, um, herded in with my other cousins. So that um, Paul's family could could pick out which flower they said they wanted And then we all had to go be herded out afterwards Anyway, so my uncle, who was the head negotiator, uh, negotiator at, at my thing um, Her daughter has, has just been um, successfully sold to, to quite a high bidder and, and it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've always been quite scared of my uncle He's hectic, he's one of those uncles you don't look him in the eye He's that uncle, he's the uncle that, that I don't know if I ever, I think I did I shared the story of the uncle who cucked me out when we were at my grandmother's house And my husband was changing a nappy And he was like, I don't care what you do in your house But men don't change nappies in this house You will respect your husband Anyway, that uncle, I'm really scared of him Anyway, I have never seen him so vulnerable this dude 
was so sad that he's losing his daughter. Like I always hear these families, these um parents at weddings talk about, oh, we are not losing a daughter. We are gaining a son. My uncle is not about that BS, man. He's like, my girl, where's my girl going? So that was really, that was really awesome, man. Um, Yeah, she went for a nice price also. Hey, man. Yeah, listen, people out there, they're investing in their people. Yeah, and in fact, I think this thing of Mahadi Lobala situations, uh, it's time Caucasian people took on this culture. I'm telling you, you could make a serious return on investment. I am telling you right now, because, you know, my uncle is fat, eh? as we like to say, he's fat now. The pockets are fat. It'll be nice for a while. It's a good tender, this thing. And you must understand the way it works. We don't just come and then give you cows and then you must pay all the cows all at once right there and then. No. So they drop cows, then they bounce, then they must bring balance of cows. But then, of course, it's, 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 it's the modern ages, guys, really. We were like, guys, EFT the rest. We don't have to do this whole long meeting situation, but we're going to have a nice big guitarpy. You know, when the official finalization of these things happens. But yeah, so that was my week, my weekend. That's, this is where now the 20 hours of driving comes in. Cause then I drove there and then I drove back. No man, it can't be 20 hours. No, I'm exaggerating. I drove there for five hours and then I drove back. And now we must understand after she was officially married, I think we started drinking from that point. <laughs> <laughs> we started drinking from that point in celebration all the way until like the early hours of the next day. And then I had to drive back home um, after recovery. And recovery took me half a day because I've become so light on fuel, guys. I've become so light on fuel. So it took me a while. And then I had to drive back to Joburg. Um, and then the very next morning was my son's birthday. So we had to be up before him. And here's the cuck thing, right? This is my early earliest riser the kid whose birthday it was is the one who wakes up before everybody so everybody had to wake up extra early which was a pain in the ass because that left me with about only four hours of sleep and um excuse me we got to sing for him whatever whatever then i had to drive to sun city to do a gig and then i had to drive back from sun city so that i could make it back in time to at least catch the last bit of special birthday dinner with the birthday boy. Because I'm that mom, guys. I know I'm a wild bitch and whatever, but I love me, my babies. And if I can be there for my babies, I'm there for my babies. Think what you will about me, but me, family comes first. Anyway, so we did that guitar piece. So I think all that driving has just caught up with me, hey. So that's how many hours of driving. That's two and a half plus two and a half is five. So that's 15 hours of driving, bruh. Me, I'm tired. Me. Bon. Anyway, so now I'm here saying goodbye, um, sipping tea for the last time. And I'm, I'm a little sad. Okay. I'm a little a lot because, you know, I'm, I'm going into a space. The reason I'm leaving, by the way, is because uh, you will notice I did a lot of, um, either pre-recording or replaying old stuff because I've been so busy. And, um, I decided that it's only fair that, you know what, if I'm going to do sipping tea, I need to do it properly, give it the time it deserves. And I'm not able to do that right now. So I'm going into a very uh, censored space right now. I'm going to be working in in um doing some I just need to follow through with my TV project and I have another thing that's coming up. Uh so this is probably the last time I get to speak freely of myself without worrying about being bashed over the head for saying naughty words and saying naughty things, you know? So this sipping tea is very 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 important to me. Uh I'm very very 
I'm heartbroken. I actually am heartbroken. I actually also wished I'd been doing this. I'd be doing this with Mabale, right? And then Mabale already was eating her greener pastures. You understand? Before we could even get to the final show of this. But, you know, your girl Mabale was like my heartbeat at this thing. Because I feel like I was just the volume and she was the brains and the, <laughs> the, um, she just brings out the best in me. When I'm sitting in here by myself, I always imagine she's next to me. And then I just, I, I, I find my inner Mabale and I get that Mabale to bring other things out in me. And then it gets very awkward because I'm like, but now you're being schizophrenic. And then it gets very weird. Anyway, so one of the things I did look at when I was thinking about the fact that in, in many respects, this is a breakup, right? Is I was looking at the biggest breakups in history and how they happened, right? Um, and it was very interesting. Um, I looked at some interesting, um, letters that were written between people as they were, they were breaking up with each other. So there's a breakup letter that I'm looking at now. The first one was from Jackie, Jackie O. Yeah. Remember her? And she was 17 breaking up with someone. Who was she breaking up with? Uh, let me try and see here who they say she was breaking up with. Anyway, she was breaking up with some dude. She was, eh, this girl was clever. She knew that one day they will dig this ish up. Then they must know where I've dipped and where I've not dipped. You see, I should have considered this when I was dating. Damn it. So nobody knows who she wrote this to, but she was only 17 and check out her breakup. She got breakup game. She says, I've always thought of being in love as willing to do anything for the other person, starve to buy them bread and not mind living in Siberia with them. And I've always thought that every minute away from them would be hell. So looking at it that way, I guess I'm not in love with you. I do love you, though, and can love you with kissing you every time I see you. And I hope you understand that. That's such a nice breakup. But wait, that's also a little bit mean because now this poor guy is being promised that he'll get kisses. It's like, I'll give you little, I'll give you crumbs. Just, you're not getting bread. I can give you crumbs. I know, kuraf. If, if, if you're still sad, crumbs. I'm not completely saying no more bread for you. Shram. But she still maintained class, ne? Because you can't be, how are you going to be angry at that as a dude? It's like, ah, oh, but at least something. Yeah, well. mm-hmm. Then the other breakup letter I found was um, Abram Lincoln. Abram Lincoln. Here's a little bit from, now this dude, what he was trying to do <laughs> is get a chick to not move in with him like he was you know he was still an office worker situation and he was building up to office and he he he's trying to talk this chick out of marrying him by exaggerating that life in Illinois where he was living was dull and that he was a penniless man and then he goes I'm often thinking about what we said of your coming to live in Springfield I'm afraid that you would not be satisfied there is a great deal of flourishing about in carriages here, which it would be your doom to see without sharing it in it. You would have to be poor without the means of hiding your poverty. Do you believe you could bear that patiently? This must be the very way that these, you know, when you know you've married that chick. 
when you know, not even married that chick, when you're dating that chick who, who likes the nice life, who you must be taking out to dinners all the time, she's costing you money, you're buying her weaves, you know, if she's not a weave wearer, you're paying so much money for her perms and her Brazilian blows and whatever they call them. This is the letter you send them. You're like, ah, I got this new job. It's not nice. You don't like, you won't like this place, baby. There's no restaurant. You must cook your own food. And uh, there's no Uber. You must get in a in a mini in a in a in a, a mini taxi. Uh, it's not nice. A minibus taxi. You're not going to, baby. You don't want to move here. This is probably the kind of letter that the guys who came to work in the mines in Johannesburg used to send to their girls in Lesotho and all those surrounding areas. You know our migrant migrant laborers. These are the letters that our mothers were getting there, chilling in Tabanjuda, thinking, oh, I'm going to move in with Mutuzi, and then Mutuzi's like, no. No, don't do it, guy. You don't want to be here, guy. I'll send you money every month, guy. Don't do it. I'll see you at Christmas with Christmas clothes, guy. <laughs> and now, another nice breakup letter that I see here was from Elizabeth Taylor. How do you divorce somebody with a letter? That's so mean. That's so mean. Oh, wait, but isn't that how that other dude left Katy Perry? He SMSed her to say that they're getting a divorce. That's so mean. Yeah, ne. She said... Oh, no, wait, he wrote her. Oh, no. Wait, 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 wait. So the marriage became volatile. And then Taylor told Burton she wants a divorce. And then he wrote her a letter. Oh, let's see what he said. I can I can barely believe it since I'm so unaccustomed to anybody leaving me. But reflectively, I wonder why nobody did so before. <laughs> All I care about, honest to God, is that you're happy and I don't much care who you'll find happiness with. I mean, as long as he's a friendly bloke and treats you nice and kind. If he doesn't, I'll come at him with a hammer and a clinker. Now this, my brothers, is how you take a breakup. If a guy sends me this letter when I'm breaking up with him, I'm going to be shattered. A, my ego, because I'm like, why are you not falling apart, bitch? But secondly, I'm going to wonder, should I be leaving this guy? How do you leave a guy who then tells you that all that matters is your happiness? He is literally saying, you are leaving me. It's all good. Me, I love you. And on top of me, I love you. Me, I will destroy. I will destroy whoever follows me. If they cannot uh, treat you right, ah, Buffett, ah, ah, no wonder she, she, be, Betty, Betty got married so many, 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 many times since then. That was the keeper trauma. You should have kept that one. He doesn't even think he's surprised that nobody's ever broken up with him before. Okay, that this guy. Ah, you see, if I could find myself something like that, ah. I think my my guy's like that, isn't he? Yes, yes. Uh, I've also found one here. So these are all the greatest letters from breakups, by the way. So the other one is about is around Oscar Wilde's love life, and he wrote a love letter to Douglas, Lord Alfred Douglas. Yeah, man. And he wrote an embittered letter to Douglas, who had ultimately abandoned him. And the big lines from there are, you came to learn the pleasure of life and the pleasure of art. Perhaps I'm chosen to teach you something more wonderful, the meaning of sorrow and its beauty. Mm! Bona. Hey, man. Hey? No, man. Hey. What more can you say to that? Hey? Yeah. 
But these these kinds of letters scare me because they're like, doesn't this guy kill himself afterwards? <laughs> wow. I've actually never, have I ever sat through a breakup properly? No, I've always run away from my breakups. Uh, or orchestrated them so that he is forced to leave me so I can be relieved and not have to be the one to break the heart. I've never been very good at breaking people's hearts, guys. Like I've always, always like made sure that the other person breaks up with me because I, I seem like a tough nut and a, and a tough cookie, but I'm not. I really am not. And um, so I used to... I used to go out of my way to try and make sure the guy breaks up with me. Um, and then if that didn't work, I just, I just, I just disappeared. I, I played that AWOL thing where nobody knows where the hell you are. And, and that, that also, um, that also helped. I don't know. Has anybody else ever had the guts <laughs> to break up with anyone? Let me know. 079-748-2090. 079-748-2090. I've never had the balls to actually tell anyone um, I'm breaking up. Um, James Brown. James Brown. Whoever the girl was that received this breakup letter from the singer James Brown, it's very likely it did not make her feel good. Uh, one of the things she say, he says is, I'm suggesting that we make this trip our last one. I hope our short relation got you on the good foot. <laughs> I'm going to give you another 6,000. <gasps> so you won't have to go to work quick, but you'll be fine. I'll always be your friend. Wow. Wow. You see, you see, here's not for me. That's considerate. Some other woman would be like, yeah, I told him to keep that money. I don't need your damn money. Are you mad? How many people can say they were at least compensated for the time that they wasted with this person? Me, I'm down with that. Me, I'm like, please pay me. If people get paid in divorce. And in fact, I feel like when it comes to relationships generally, this should be a thing. huh? We should be paid. If people who divorce... And I've been with my husband for even after two years. The guy still I can claim alimony, right? How is it that somebody who's been dating the other person for 15 years, 10 years, 5 years, why can that they not go and claim something you know, of a compensation? Because even though there is not a written contract, there's still a contract that was non-verbal in the world. That was verbal. That was verbal. Eh? We have agreed, we have committed, and now it's over. I must start from scratch. You must compensate me with something. Actually, I love this, man. James Brown was ahead of his time. That's all I'm saying. And I feel like maybe we should even... Insurance companies need to get a little bit more more creative. You know what I mean? I think they're already making a killing um, with, with everything that we insure in this country. You know what I mean? But I think maybe it's time we start to get a little bit more creative because they found a way to get into our societies. Now they have these uh, uh, stock fell accounts and what, what. When are they, we going to move into the space of dating? When are we going to go into that space and say, we are now going to insure you against certain things? Because sometimes you're dating and you're the one with the money. Not necessarily you're the blesser, but you're the one with more of the fetter pockets. And the person, other person isn't. And you're going to end up losing financially a lot because you are investing your relationship with this other person. Like maybe you're an incurable romantic. Maybe you, this person you're dating, you know, um, 
their fashion sense needed a little bit of a boost and you weren't about to put them under that kind of pressure and you are the one addressing them for the occasion, you know? There should be some kind of breakup converse, compensation, Yoguti. If this thing doesn't wake up, uh, work out, at least there'll be a little bit of this to come back and make you feel better. I don't know. I'm, I'm liking this thing that, you know, James Brown was considering, yeah, you've been hanging with me. You are probably my little skivvy on the side, something to chow while I'm on tour. But now I'm finished chowing you. I'm going to chow the next best thing. And he's going, yeah, now you can't just go home. You're all empty handed. Everybody must get some kind of consolation prize. And I think it's only fair people get a consolation prize. I'm really liking this. We must table this thing. Eh? Must table this thing in, in parliament. Find out if they can pass it, man. I, I like the idea. So. Yeah, the, there, there we go. I've given you that those uh, interesting letters from the biggest breakups in, well, the most interesting <laughs> letters from um, breakups in history. Uh, yeah, fuck. I literally arrived completely unprepared and I'm going, what do you say on your last show? It's supposed to be a banger show. It has to be that show that Timmy Maraca did. And people said, why did she go? Where did she go? Well, I'm just saying, as I do my whole goodbye to Cliff Central, I'm sure a lot of people are sitting there going, you know, we wish we were listening to somebody else telling us goodbye. There's certain people who we wish were sitting there going, eh, I am <laughs> attempting to pronounce a number <laughs> uh, uh, correctly for the last time uh, this I'm done. You know, I'm sure there are people who are sitting there going off all the people leaving and reshuffling themselves. Why can't this one person not reshuffle themselves? And, 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 you know, it brings me to part of the reason I, I, I joined Sipping Tea and I joined Cliff Central was because I was very excited about this idea of a platform where you can speak freely with reckless abandon, you know? And, and perhaps that is how I should leave. I should leave by sharing some shit with reckless abandon. Because there are people like that. This person I'm talking about who I know a lot of people do wish he would just, he would just say that. Um, and that very person actually said something that left me so confused. You know, after our matches where, where, where people gave up their days, and I saw for a lot of for a lot of uh, previously advantaged people, it was their first march, and it was very exciting. Nothing screams at your first march like people taking their children with them. What the funny cake, man? Your children? I I you don't understand how confused I was. I was like, do do you guys? <laughs> Please, then don't say, yeah, but teams, it is always sold as a, say, as, as a peaceful march. Yeah, we've seen rubber bullets flying at many a peaceful march before. How do you take a child to this thing? Especially when you know you're going up against people who are generally perceived to be a little bit, um, bullish. And they have been, you know, they've, they've, uh, anyway. So. That for me said, yeah, it's your, it's, it's very much your first time, ne? People who had backpacks, which seemed a little bit heavy, cause clearly they'd packed lunch and breakfast and a snack and probably some kind of injection for in case there's an emergency and they must stab you in the heart to bring you back to life. And then probably an emergency backup cell phone in case they need to call paramedics and then sunscreen and anyway. So this, per then, then, uh, but what, what I liked was realizing that it wasn't just one group of people that went to march. It was all kinds of South Africans, black, white, 
uh, all the other races in between and, you know, d- didn't matter what party you supported, people just came out as Africans, right? Not as large a number as we would have liked, but a large enough number to say enough people uh, give a damn, right? When the brother finally decides to comment on this, he says it is a sign that racism is still rife in this country. I had to take a moment of silence by myself in my car in order to cannot crash and to not scream and burst my own eardrums because I have never, you know, I don't know. Have you ever, have you ever argued with an idiot? Have you ever argued with someone and you've realized you are speaking to a wall? Like you are speaking, but in the middle of speaking, you go, I actually should stop speaking right now because it's fucking pointless. They may as well just go, la, 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 the whole time I'm speaking because they've got that blank look that's just washed over their face. That's how it felt. It felt like, it felt like I had this picture in my head of this man standing in front of us as we all walked towards him and we were begging and we're pleading, right? And then this person is looking at us, but they're not, they're not blinking, right? And then eventually we all shut up and we wait for him to say something. And then he does a two blink, blink, blink. And then goes, meh. That's what it felt like. Because I'm like, that cannot be what you got out of this. First of all, second of all, how sad, how sad a black man are you that you think black people are incapable of independent thought without being led? By a white man. How sad that that is your self-esteem, that it is that low, that is that that that, that is your view of your own people. Like I, I whee, hey, I was broken inside, eh? I just, I just, yeah, I, I couldn't anymore. I couldn't because you know I had watched this thing happening on social media as well with certain people of who are previously disadvantaged who were echoing that kind of sentiment and I was thinking oh okay so when we disagree with our people uh we are white but when they f up and we say nothing is that is that what blackness is is that what blackness is actually is blackness us accepting mediocrity is blackness us accepting that uh, because it's our people, uh, we've all been in the struggle. Uh, no, let's not say anything. It will, it will, it will correct itself. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. He, he has, he has a very, um, I, and I'm, forgive me for saying this, but he has that, uh, shop right teller mentality where the person gives you bad service. You complain, you ask to them, speak to the manager, and then they say to you, ha, ah, but my sister, are you trying to get me to lose my job? Yet, they're not giving you the effing service that would make you feel like they want the effing job to begin with. But, oh, if you complain, or oh, you're like this, you're coming against them with a mulungu, and you're losing them their job. Bullshit, man. Just because I'm black does not mean I deserve any less. And and that is one thing I will never apologize for. And that is one thing this government must get in their fucking minds. That just because we are black does not mean we deserve any less. Respect us. Respect your fucking people. Okay? Corruption we know happens. We know it's real. And I've said it a million times. America itself is built on corruption. Okay? Don't fucking wave it in our faces like you don't care. And then when we talk about it, you go and giggle. That is bullshit. And then when we try and stand up and you try and have our voices heard, you go and dismiss it and pull a race card that is so, so, so tattered. You can't use it anymore. 
It's defunct. It's expired. You've ruined. The mag tape doesn't work. You can't use your race card, sir. Some of us, ours are still in pristine condition. Yours is fucked. Park it. It does not work. You no longer qualify to use that card. You're screwing everyone. Okay? And you cannot. I'm sorry. You cannot decide that the only people who have a right to complain or have a voice in this country are the blacks. No. That was not the agreement when we agreed to start the new South Africa. Then we shouldn't have had the agreement. Then we should have said, no, we are saying we are taking it back. You guys can stay. You are just not allowed to have a voice. Then we should have said that. Fine. Then we know better than the previous government. Then we must just say, no, we are apartheid 2.0. Yes, I said it. Like I said, like a wheel in 99. Then let's call ourselves apartheid 2.0 because that is the kind of bullshit mentality you're talking about. And this is why again and again, I'm going to beg you guys, don't be afraid to talk race. Stop it with this neo-racialism bullshit. Let's first tackle this thing where it is so that we can see how unimportant it is before we move on. Okay? We cannot let it be the thing that blocks us from going forward. Eh? I mean, this guy, I'm like, address at least one thing that people are making a noise about. Say, no, I'm not stepping down. Let me fix my shit. Or say, no, I can justify what I did. But don't come and dismiss us like that. That is bullshit, man. It is so irritating. Because when someone does that, what they're telling you is it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. They're going to keep doing it anyway. It's annoying. My God. I love this country to death. But there are those days where you're just like, you know what? I love you, ne? I love you, Demar. Just for today. Fotek. Just for today. Fotek. Eh? Like, I, I just... Oh, my God. It... Uh, to put it... In, in a language that sometimes gets straight to the heart. You know this language, I always say it is very much uh, an African language sometimes because it just, it hits the nail on the head very much the way a, a Sesotho or a Zulu phrase would hit it. That grip me and the, that just grip me and the heart. That tell me up need my two fingers. That's how much it irritates me. When people want to just confuse you from the matter at hand, and come up with bullshit sentiments and arguments. This is a fantastic country that we all need to fight for. We all need to continue sipping tea together and have honest, 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 painful, uncensored conversations with each other. And then we take those conversations and we try and find a way to implement them somehow. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, yo, when that man stood there and said that, I just, I have never been so defeated in my life because I thought, there we go. This is how you build an apathetic society. Because then everybody's going to say, you see, so what was the point? This is exactly why we didn't go. Because this is exactly, you know, all we get back in return. Eh? Me, I was broken. And I know, I know, I'm not even denying that sometimes as black people, and here's the thing I need to explain to anyone who's listening, who's not of color, who sometimes also gets a, a little bit annoyed. Here's the thing that I do get, though. And it's happened to me where something shifts when we're complaining about government and this country, because you must understand in some circles, government is a new word for black. So you need to then go, is this person really saying the government is fucking up the country? Or are they just saying black people are fucking up the country? So then you want to kind of look at the subtext of what they're saying. So sometimes it is hard 
And I'm sorry, Menir van der Merve. It happens. I'm sorry, Mr. Wilson. It's a fact, okay? That sometimes when we are standing for the same cause and we're complaining, there are things you're going to say when you're next to me that I'm going to pause for a second and go, uh, maybe you should hold the phone a little bit and shut up because uh, I don't think you have a right to say anything right now at this moment. You understand? And it's sometimes what I found for me when I sat down with myself and I took a moment to find out what made me react that way, it's how it was said. It's whether this person was starting a, a real, a robust conversation, a debate, or whether they were literally just trying to say, these people are so fucked up. Why do they even have the country? Because then it starts to revert back to that black thing, you see. So I understand where the lines can be, but you cannot allow it to be so fucking basic. Hey, I mean, there's one woman who tweeted about, did she tweet or did she Facebook about it? How... um how we are unable to even sustain a simple country. We've had over 20 years, for fuck's sakes, and we're still messing it up. Um, um, I don't know. She went on on a rant. And I wondered, but do do you ever wonder, honestly, let's take cor- corruption aside, all the other BS aside. A, do you ever consider that America is still dealing with the ripples of slavery to this day? That it's something that they're still undoing in their system, in their mentality. Are you? The second thing. Do you know that this country was not built to serve a majority? It was built to serve a minority. And the majority was pushed to the sidelines to go sort itself the fuck out. And then when it took over, tried to take a system that was there to serve a minority and stretch it over the majority. Do you know that? Do you think about that? Does it matter? And that part of the reason we get it wrong as well is that I don't feel like there was enough handover of, of skills in terms of the people who were running things going, okay, we will stay and we will teach. We will hand over. We will. No, there, there wasn't that exchange, right? And in some circles. So how do you expect the problem to, to fix itself? All the other stuff aside, I'm just asking. Because at the end of the day as well, like this, this conversation is so convoluted, guys, because then, okay, let's say in the perfect world, the marches went great. This thing, this vote happens, vote of no confidence passes. This guy goes, who steps in next? Are we going for the blood of the Marikana miners? Because I'm just asking. I'm just hashtag saying, who is the better devil? Because sometimes they say better the devil, you know, because you must remember. There are people who also know, yeah, no, this guy's gone too far. This guy's dirty, but they're going, yeah, but I'm eating as well. If I get rid of him, I stop eating. He stops eating, I stop eating. It's the domino effect of people who stop eating. Am I really trying to get rid of this guy? So there's that problem. There's that poverty mentality that people have. There's that have not mentality that people have where they hold so hard and with all their, their hearts and souls onto something they're convinced they will lose if they do the right thing because, ah, they know it's immoral, but ah, how am I going to eat? You understand? Because we're all so quick to jump and get emotional, man. Hey? And that's when we start to, to, to say things there without thinking. That's when you start to shoot from the hip. Yeah. And this is when you get into cuck with me because then I want to know why must you two can be saying such things to me? Hmm. But I'm leaving guys. I'm leaving. 
And uh, these are things I don't think I'll be able to share with you anymore. Like, oh my God. I want to find the Manhattans. I want to play you guys the Manhattans. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Um, <laughs> I want to play that as my breakup song for you guys to say goodbye. But yeah, man. Have a th- have a think about it, you know. Like as South Africans, I feel like we're very quick to jump on the bandwagon. I said this last week. I'm gonna say it again. We are all. I am one of those people. I'm saying this because I I, I guess in a way I'm also um, scolding myself for for shooting from the hip sometimes and being very quick um, to 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 react to things um, before thinking about it. So I'm just saying, let's take a moment. To consider what we're saying and what we're reacting to before we jump into it. I'm going to take a breather because I need to drink some water. And then after my breather, I will close off. And um, yeah, man, I'm sipping some seriously strong tea today. Stay in my life. I called you here today for a bit of bad news. I won't be able to see you anymore because of my obligations and the ties that you have. We've been meeting here every day. And since this is our last day together, I want to hold you. Just Just one one more time. time. When you turn and walk away, you know what kills me in that song is when he says, take my handkerchief and dry your eyes. I'm like, how? Yeah, even handing her the handkerchief as the tear drops. That is so mean and so thoughtful at the same time. Because it depends on how you do it. There could be the sweet, aww, then there could be his proper like, before the tear could even get out the corner of the eye, the handkerchief is out because that'll make me stop immediately. Anyway, it's to me, Maragas, sipping tea. I am wrapping it up now. From the very beginning of sipping tea, I, I used to hug a man. You know, I used to have my little hug a man moment with Mabale. And I feel like I will not be leaving this show without having the honorary hug a man. I would be remiss, in fact. To not hug a man at my, on my last show on sipping tea. And today, the kind of man I want to hug is the kind of man who, man, the kind of man who lets women thrive, the kind of man who isn't afraid to be loud about things men are told not to be loud about, the kind of man who doesn't back out of an argument, who does not um, abandon the cause because they feel outnumbered. You know that kind of man who watched 300 and left emotional going, I am, I am Sparta. <laughs> I, I am Sparta. I go down fighting me. Or I am Sparta. I go down fighting me. Or I, I am Sparta. I go fighting me. I don't care how he says it. That guy. That's who I'm hugging today. Hug 
that man. On my last sipping tea, guys, I'm just going to ask that we continue to love this country with passion and uncensored every primal emotion we have and don't apologize for it. Whether you are a beneficiary of the past system or a beneficiary of the current system or or screwed by both of them, because there are those who are screwed by both of those systems. You know, those people are like, but I've I've never been born at the right time. When is my time to eat? Because everybody else is eating. Those guys. Eh? So when we leave, when I leave, when we leave, when I leave, I'm leaving you here in Joy Cliff Central. When I leave, I leave you with that. I get to make a lot of noise. I get to get angry. I get to get emotional. I get to let it out. Let it out. Let it out so that you don't have to have those kinds of awkward tourettes that we see on social media. Let it out so that you don't have to be giving yourself hernias and ulcers and cancers. You know, because sometimes I do feel like we give ourselves these cancers, you know, because you're attacking your body. You just you're building up toxins in your body with all this pent up frustration. Stop it. Stop it. Share. Talk to someone. But don't share destructively. Share because you're trying to build yourself. Share because you think it'll fix something or someone somewhere. Please don't tell. Don't don't be at peace. With knowing that you can go to your grave, knowing that there isn't a single thing about the world you lived in that you made better. Please. That's all I ask. You know, when we took on sipping tea and we called it sipping tea, I said it's because I remember growing up that the most thorny conversations came up when our, our moms and our aunties were sitting together sipping that tea. And you know, someone would have to sip tea to help the news go down. So continue to sip tea, South Africa. Continue to sip tea even with your strangers. In fact, make friends with people who have nothing to do with the background you've grown up in. Because I think that's helped my worldview. The fact that I hang out with every kind of South African. Okay? To your rich Afrikaner who has inherited hugely from their family. To your poorer uh, 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 um, person of the same demographic, to your to your to your uh, Africans from further up Africa, you should come to my house. You will see every celebration we have. It's the United Colors of Benetton. We are UNAU. We are the whole shebang. Because why? Because that you need to 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 surround yourself with people who reflect the world you live in. Don't close yourself up. Sip some tea, Baba. Have have the guards, Nyana, to just step out of your space and go, it looks really bad right now. It looks like serious doom and gloom. Is this the perspective of everyone around me or is that the perspective of the circle I'm sitting in? And it'll help you. It's helped me. It's grown me, you know. So I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to say my final goodbye. My name is Tumi Morake. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been Real fun. Away. This is cliffcentral.com.